0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End Time Tribune Covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy Loudly declaring the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ For we are wasting here, waiting for His cleansing return. Because the end
0: is where we begin. I'm waiting here for anyone to watch it all the way. I'm waiting here for anyone to watch it all the way.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune, March the 3rd, 2018. This in the headlines, released march the first. Missing ambassadors. US lacks top representatives in half of Middle East. Now <coughs> ladies and gentlemen, the US is woefully unrepresented throughout the Middle East in Egypt, Jordan, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Turkey. Libya, Morocco, and Sudan there are no U.S. ambassadors and the U.S. ambassador to the United Arab Emirates may be leaving soon now this in of itself really isn't nothing to be too concerned about until you wait until the third day because on March the 3rd this was released Kushner on the brink looks to East peace for salvation. Aides to Kushner and his wife, Ivanka, acknowledge they now face an unprecedented effort to push them out of their formal roles in the Trump administration. Jared Kushner, a senior White House advisor and son-in-law to President Donald Trump, set forth last year on an unlikely mission to revive an Israeli-Palestinian peace, Process that was on my support. Now, it may be the administration's mid-east peace plan that revives Kushner. As he puts the finishing touches on a historically detailed comprehensive proposal to end the conflict, Kushner finds himself embroiled in a coordinated onslaught on his credibility, his competency. And his adherence to the law Now ladies and gentlemen Let me tell you something That you don't know Just so you all know All of the major cabalists On this planet They have been sending me emails For quite some time Ladies and gentlemen For about three years now I have been in major correspondence with some of the top Kabbalists on this planet. And I'm going to read to you something very private, sent to me with a particular group that has been contacting me for help for alphanumerics for quite a few years now. I'm not going to read very much, just going to give you the point. Quote, for 20 years we have been writing about the confluence of calendars that has come when the year 5778 meets 2018. The first time we were at 2018 was in the Hebrew calendar year 3760 years ago. This is when Hashem made a covenant of halves with Abraham splitting the offerings half on one side and half on the other. The confluence will happen. Should I read this next part or not? Let's skip a few sentences. The largest supermoon of the year... It's coming this January the 1st, and by the earth passing, being the closest to the sun on January the 3rd, the process is beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, I said all that so that you would just have a hint and a clue that they firmly believed, Kabbalists. that they're going to get their Moshiach, Ben David. You know what that means, don't you? You know, I want you to check your all your notes, all you eschatology experts out there. Because if you need a hint about what I just said, you don't have a clue. With that in mind, everybody out there that claims to be in the ecclesia, you better figure out that it's the end that you begin.
2: Activate all systems. Deactivation
0: is not an option. You must find the truth. Remember, not everything is what it seems. If you don't stand for something, you might fall for anything. The end is where
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this week. Clinton, how have you been faring this week, and what's been catching your eye in the news?
3: You know, it's been a it's been a good week for me. You know, today is my father's birthday, so I got an opportunity to talk with him, and and it was it was nice to to hear about the history of my family and and to remember the goodness of what's going on, even though we deep you know, dig deep into what is going on uh, across the globe because, frankly, it's, it's gotten crazy, and and I thought it already had been crazy, but it seems like mm-hmm. everything's progressing towards the path of absolute insanity at this point.
1: Insanity is a good word for it. Um, you know, I didn't even know till I read that article that we were missing ambassadors in most of The major Middle East countries That just absolutely blew me away And then You know I just kind of put it On the back burner and just You know nod on it for A few and then sure enough Three days later that pops up about uh, Kushner And it really bothers me Because I know Jared's name Maybe everybody ought to look that up Because his name Jared That's in your strongs As uh, 3381 Now for the name They put little jots and tittles on it And I've taught you all about that You remove the cantillation marks Um, That's why most people can't see it Because it's labeled The name is labeled as 3380 But ladies and gentlemen That is Jawad In Hebrew Means to fall that's what it means, to fall Here, I'll teach you what the Kabbalists know That word, Jared Is of course in uh far should I go? You know what, let's just do this Take a look, see, of Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of the men had built—that's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord came, Jared. Yep, that's that's what it is, Jared. In your tongue, the Kabbalists know this. They they have known it, and you know it blows me away that people, <laughs> you know, people claim to, um. Know everything about the end times and everything what the Jews think and all that kind of good stuff. And it just blows me away that they don't even know that, um, uh, the dying words of, uh well, I'm not going to tell you his name. I will tell you what they, what his nickname is. I can, I can do that. Um, even though I'm kind of hesitant to do that, but, uh. His nickname is Arizal, he died in 1572, that's right, the same exact time that the Adidurgia was completed. But anyway, he encoded this year, 2018 or 5778, with his final words. He quoted five words from a particular psalm. And all the Kabbalists know this, and they've known this, and they've been working up to it, and they were all behind the scenes. Oh, as far back as 2012, um, sending me things, uh, things for me to look in and to calculate, and they were all laughing about 2012 because this has been known <laughs> for years, and these supposed uh, Hebrew… Christian ex you know, uh eschatology experts. <laughs> they they don't have a clue about what's really going on behind the scenes. So insane is kind of an understatement. And I've hesitated talking about that stuff, it's just that I got an email today from them again this particular group, um, but along different lines because they were having me verify their calculations of the sun's surface temperature, their sun's diameter, uh, the amount of moons that you can place between us and certain celestial objects, how many times – visually speaking, uh, how many times the moon's diameter does it move over a course of 24 hours – Things like that, because that is 26, that is the name of the Lord your God, ladies and gentlemen From one night to the next, if you look up, measure the diameter of the moon, it moves 26 times its own diameter That's why it's called the Faithful Witness, and everybody knows it, but Christians But anyway, and just got me thinking about that today And this thing with Kushner come up And they asked me about Kushner today so, interesting things all across the board. Well, Brian, how has your week progressed and what's been catching you and I in the news, bud?
4: Yeah, my week has been one of those I'm not going to talk about that. And uh, news seems to be, uh, I don't know, it's a whole lot of... Um, Oh, once again, how do I put this with being nice? I don't think there is a way to be nice about it. it it's a whole bunch of I told you so's. I mean, it's gotten to the stage of ridiculousness. Just the same uh, same things keep coming up, but even more of it keeps uh, coming to pass almost perfectly.
1: Yeah, I saw something today, bro, where I guess that Obama... Had some memorandum or, or, or something About weapons deals To Israel I don't know how many billions Of dollars it was but I guess um, Trump is going to go ahead and make that law So uh Israel's going to get a whole bunch More weapons uh, And I think They need more hardware like they need a hole In the head to be perfectly honest with you um, Just so you all know ladies and gentlemen The Germans custom make the Dolphin class submarine, ten torpedo tubes. It is unrivaled in the sea. Uh, so I don't I don't know why I don't know why Israel would need uh, more weaponry because they're top dogs. No, really, they are. Uh, so it just it's kind of worrisome to me uh, because this can't go anywhere good. This equation that <laughs> we're experiencing uh, in this, uh, how do I put that? Life, this equation can't be equaled. Things are getting way out of control. And everybody on this planet's really getting tired of it. Um, I mean, even our allies uh, are making threats now because we're saying we're going to put tariffs on their imports and try to rebuild our steel and all that. I mean, we're just we're just asking with a fight, you know. We're just asking for a fight with everybody. And we're going to get what we deserve. Okay? All right. You need to chew on that for a while. Okay? You're going to get what you deserve because right now our military is in 39 different countries. We're not there fighting anybody in uniform. We're not we're not engaging any foreign military That means we are only hurting civilians, okay? That's the fact of the matter. With that in mind, Clinton, you have the floor.
3: You know, I was having a a hard time kind of figuring out how to start tonight. Um, and the, the reason is because there's so much going on out there. And if you look in one direction, you have an expert telling you something and you look in another direction you have a, an expert telling you the complete opposite. And the only way you know, the difference between the two is if you either know your stuff or you guess, you know, which one you want to believe. Well, I think Matthew kind of hit on something right before he left. And, and what he was talking about is, you know, the movement of the military, the fact that we're in 39 different countries and that we're not fighting against any particular country, that we're fighting against people, civilians. And, and the reason that that stands out is an article that came out just right before the show opens and And in this article, I mean just the the headline itself is top Palestinian official claims Trump peace plan spells liquidation and apartheid. you know it's out of the the times of Israel and in this article, i mean it, it you know goes out and says you know all the different things that they plan on doing with this peace treaty and and you know I mean just the you know the name of it, the dictations of President Trump for the new phase imposing a solution. June 2017 to March 2018, you know, should kind of make you eerie of what's going on. Because, I mean, if, if June 2017 is actually the time when they plan on initiating everything, well, that's only a couple months away from here. You know, it just kind of fits in coincide with the 70th anniversary of Israel, with the United States saying they're going to move their embassy to everything else. But, in this article, it's it's kind of interesting because – and I'll just read it to you so you can interpret it or see it how you want to. Because this is how the, the United States military, how the United States government, how we have treated everyone around the globe. And this is what they see. So right here, according to this new American phase – Everyone who wants peace must agree to what the U.S. dictates. And anyone who imposes the plan will be considered as being part of the forces of terrorism and extremism, which should be fought against and expelled. Just that alone. If that doesn't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, then, then you've forgotten what it means to be Christian. Plain and simple. If we're a Christian nation, we are not dictators. We do not impose the U.S. authority upon someone else, and if they go against it, label them a terrorism, which means that we can kill them. That's what that means. According to the Patriot Act, we can, we can do what we need to with terrorists. And if we're going to move to a country that is going to say the United States is the supreme authority, to dictate to another country or another people what they have to do with their land and if they don't, we're going to kill them? Well, I think we've forgotten how to be a Christian country. How to be whatever our founding fathers tried to create with this experiment of democracy. We have forgotten it. And this is their plan. This is truly what they intend to do in the Middle East. You can see it everywhere we go i mean we we don't really try to help the people in those countries we arm them so they can kill each other well they've caught on to that so they're welcome to buy our weapons but they're not wanting to kill each other anymore they want to kill americans and our supporters i mean that's what's what's Growing in Syria That's what's growing in the Middle East That's what's growing in Asia That's what's growing in South America That's what's growing in Europe I mean you see it everywhere So Yeah Our true policy is to arm our enemies And then dictate our control Onto those people And if those individual people do not get along You will be labeled as a terrorist if that doesn't sound straight out of Revelation, I don't know what does. I'm sorry, but point blank. And then I, I, I'm trying to listen to other prophecy teachers. And, I, you know, I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I wanted to see if someone was telling the truth, if someone was really going, hey, you know, you can see what's going on. And there's one teacher that I listened to that I respect that I like. And he brought financial analysts on to talk about what's going on with the economy. And instead of talking about the real events, what the analysts talk about is how to make money. I mean, seriously, like if you seriously believe that we're in the end times and at the very end and and we're going to see all those fulfilled, which I just described to you exactly what is written. If you believe that, then why do you have analysts on your show or why are people talking about how to make money, how to protect your wealth? Because, well, you're feeding into the illusion. Because, I mean, if you know anything about true economics, not necessarily the illusion that we have, you can see that things are in trouble. But you know what? Those financial analysts are correct. You're going to make a lot of money if you're situated correctly. If you are situated to make the money, and unfortunately you have to already have your place in the game at this point, because the rest of us, well, it's going to be very difficult to be able to buy the amount of stuff that we need to, to contain the value of the dollar being lost at the rate that it is, or that it will continue to do so. I mean, if you think of it from a big perspective, the bait, the way that major, not necessarily corporations, but major players, people that have lots of wealth. The way they play the game is they buy the market. You know, the best example I can give you is you take eyeglasses. You have a company that makes the eyeglasses. You have a company that makes the frames. You have a company that does the inspections, looks at your eyes. There's another company that, you know, pays the doctors. There's all these different built-in companies that are different, that are separate in the same industry what people don't realize is most of those little individual companies are owned by one guy. So it doesn't matter the prices between these different companies. If you own everything, you can charge whatever you want to because you're just paying yourself. That's, that's, that's how people and big players play the game is they just make sure that whatever happens, their, their, their business cycle, their, their way of doing business just comes directly back to them. The money that's spent, that they spend, goes back to them. That's how it's done. So, yeah, if you're situated correctly for what's coming, you're going to, you're going to make some money. Because, well, the only thing that tariffs actually do is they increase prices. Plain and simple. is You're going to have a 25% increase on steel. You have a 15% increase on aluminum. Now, what do we know about the tariffs that Trump has already put in place? Well, we know that we have a tariff that was put in place for a Canadian lumber. Why pick on our northern neighbor and make them have to, you know, us as Americans, I should say, pay more money for their products? Why should we do that? Well, it's to increase your profit. I mean, if you, if you think of it not necessarily as the amount of, houses you sell but the quality of the house so instead you change it from quantity to quality and so then if you have one house that you sell for 250,000 or i should say two houses at 250,000 or one house at 500,000 you only have to sell one house to produce the same amount of money that's the one thing that you can't necessarily manipulate is the amount of revenue that comes in After that point, any good comptroller or accountant or embezzler or whatever you want to call certain people, you can manipulate the money and put it any way you want to. You can make it look any way you want to. Ask Arthur Anderson. There's there's a reason that comptrollers get paid the money that they do because they can put the money where they want to, but they can't manipulate revenue. They can't make that number up. That number has to come in. And if you're having sales that are dropping, what you need to do is you need to cater to those that have money so that you make them buy something and it makes it to where you still have your revenue on your books, even though you're selling less products. That is the reason for tariffs. The reason I have to say it's the case in this situation is, well, the majority of, say, the young generation, you know, the millennials, the, the ones that are still 35 and living at home, that generation well they don't have any money they've been strapped for a while and i mean if you think about it I mean, teenagers are tend to be frugal or they tend to spend money like it's going out of style you know they not necessarily do they want to save it but they want to go buy that you know buy that pair of pants buy that pair of shoes you know buy that car whatever it may be they don't necessarily think of the long term goals they think of what they want now that's just That's just how we as humans do it. Well, when you see those companies that they cater to, the companies that live on that, you know, free spending, when you see those companies start to go down, well, then you know that that part of society is is tapped out. That generation is tapped out because they can't buy off of impulse. So then you have to cater to the next generation, which tends to be those that, saving up for retirement that have their nest egg that have their money in place. How do you tap into those people? Well, you raise the prices on things that they actually purchase because then they're going to continue still purchasing the stuff because they have the disposable income to do what they need to. And then they buy those and then the stock goes up because revenue goes up because According to the stock market, when revenue goes up, then that's a buy sign that you need to buy that stock. And so then stockholders, they make their money. That's, that's how the system is played. That's how the game is played. So do we see that those stores that kind of cater to the younger generation, do we see them doing well? You know, I mean, we, we just had uh, Christmas. I mean, you know, most of the time Christmas kind of boosts sales, and, uh, you know, we should have an increase in things like this. Well, let me just put it to you this way. This is straight out of Fox Business. Um, Retail apocalypse, 23 big retailers closing stores. And when you go through, and I go through this list, just taking consideration the types of businesses and who they cater to, who their clients are, we have Abercrombie and Fitch. You know, they're facing declining sales, and the once-prominent fashion brand announced last March that it would close 60 of its U.S. stores with expiring leases during 2017 fiscal year. Now, the next coming years, Abercrombie & Fitch still has more stores that their leases coming up. Do you think they're going to renew those leases? Probably not. Next one, aerosols. The New Jersey-based women's footwear company filed for bankruptcy last year and announced plans to move forward with a significant reduction of its retail locations. American Apparel, a fashion brand known for its edgy offerings, American Apparel shuttered all of its 110 US locations last year after filing for bankruptcy. BCBG, the Los Angeles-based brand listed liabilities of more than 500 million when it filed for bankruptcy last February. The chain closed 118 stores nationwide. Um, last year though through uh, though more than 300 remained in operation during the company-wide restructuring Bebe, the woman's apparel chain closed all of its remaining 168 stores in last may von ton stores the struggling department store filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy according to court papers filed in february the children's place a fixture of shopping malls the country's Clothing retail said it would close hundreds of stores locations by 2020. CVS, the pharmacy retailer, said it would close 70 stores nation, uh, locations in 2017 as part of a bid to cut costs and streamline its businesses. Foot Locker, the sports retailer, told investors on March 1st that it would shutter 110 stores in a push to focus on higher-performing store locations while also opening about 40 new stores. Guess announced plans to close 60 of its struggling U.S. store locations in 2017. Jim the kids' clothing retailer, confirmed last July that it would close 350 of its more than 1,200 store locations. H.H. Gregg, the electronics retailer, said it would close all of its 20, 220 stores and lay off thousands of employees. J. Crew, the preppy icon, which once thrived under the direction of retail guru Mickey Drextel, is thriving no more. It plans on closing 50 stores. J.C. Penney's, the department store chain closed 138 stores last year while reducing its business to meet shifting consumer tastes. The Limited, after a brutal holiday season in 2016, the closing chain closed all of its 250 of its physical stores last January. Macy's, the major retailer said this Monday or this month that it would shutter an additional 7 stores that were previously undisclosed and lay off more than 5,000 workers as part of an ongoing effort to streamline its businesses and adjust to a difficult sales environment. Michael Kors, the same store sales plunging, the upscale fashion retailer said it would close as many as 125 stores. Payless, the discount store retailer filed for bankruptcy last April and has moved to, close to, moved to close more than 800 stores this year. Radio Shack, the once prominent electronic outlet shut, uh, shut, more, door, shut down more than 1,000 store locations earlier this year. Rue21, the specialty teens clothing retailer confirmed last April that it would close up to 400 of its 1,100 locations. Sears and Kmart, Sears Holding is one of the most prominent uh, traditional retailers to suffer a challenging sales environment. The brand shuttered 35 Kmart locations and eight Sears stores last July and has closed more than 300 locations last year. Toys R Us, the vulnerable toy outlet filed for bankruptcy last September. Wet Seal, the teen fashion brand shuttered its 171 stores last year after previously filed for bankruptcy in 2015. So I mean, there's not a you know a, a finalized conclusion of all the retail stores out there that are going bankrupt, but you kind of get the drift. And and a m- large portion of those are tend to be clothing stores or stuff that is not necessarily something you have to have at this moment. Those sales that the younger generation tends to buy. I mean, they've already tapped out those. So if you if you think of it from, well a business standpoint or or i guess you used to say a greedy standpoint you have someone that owns a large portion of the world which these people do these people on top they own a large portion of the world and if you want to get more you find different avenues to get more out of well the rest of us they've already tapped out the young, younger generation so now they're going to go into the upper generation when you put a tariff on lumber, you affect homeowners, you affect things that are built by wood. So you tend to have to have money to be able to buy a house. I mean, you can't really buy a house with no down payment anymore. It makes it you know, very difficult to buy a house if you have no money. So you see what I mean? So when you put a tariff in that area, then you're affecting people that have money. When you put a tariff on steel and aluminum, you're putting a tariff on things that people that have money are gonna purchase. The auto industry right now is really, really scared. And the reason they're really scared about this is because a tariff on steel and aluminum is going to affect the price not only of the cars that are going to be made, but also of the parts that people need to actually fix the cars. So if you have an increase in all of those parts, but yet the general public isn't wanting to you know, say, pay that extra expense, then you're going to have a lot of parts suppliers go out of business, which means the manufacturers are not going to be able to make as many cars as they want to because they don't have the supplies. Those of us out in the real world won't be able to fix the cars that we want to because we don't have the supplies. You, you kind of see how this goes. So then as that continues, those parts that are out there, those steel and aluminum pieces that are out there become more valuable which tends to be people spend more money, which tends to make it so that way the profits of the companies and the sales of the companies go up. You, you see that? If you originally were paying $10 for a part and all of a sudden you're paying 20 bucks for the part, your sales just doubled. And all it was is because there was a tariff because the general public had to pay that expense. If you truly think the corporations are going to drop their prices so that way you can purchase more things so that way they can show a loss on their income statement. So the stockholders are going to sell their stocks. So that way they lose more money in the stock market. If you truly think that's going to happen, then you don't know greed. But if you understand that the whole reason for the stock market is to actually show that your profit is increasing, show that you're making more money every quarter, every month, and then show that your business is growing so that way people buy your stock so that way your stock is worth more money. So you have more money to invest If you understand that game, then you can see that tariffs are good for that. It may have a short-term downturn. You know, people are going to have that, you know, loss of job thing, you know, where companies that can't necessarily compete are going to close shop and people that uh, work for them are going to be without a job. But that's just collateral damage. That's not something the corporations have to actually care about. It doesn't matter if unemployment goes to 20%, if the corporate profits are still high. If your revenue is still high because you're selling stuff to people that already have money that aren't dependent on jobs to live day to day, it doesn't matter to you. You can have an unemployment of 20% because, well, you're making your money. So when you think of what's happening with, with Donald Trump, the president of the United States and his trade war, these tariffs that we plan on putting on everything, how it's easy to win a trade war. You have to realize that the war isn't necessarily being fought the way that we as Americans believe our politicians should fight. I mean, realistically the way it should be is we want to keep costs down so that way the general public can buy things. So that way our quality of life is good. Unemployment is low and, and everyone is happy. I mean, that's what all of our politicians, Republicans, Democrats, have always tried to do in the past. They may have disagreed on how to do it, but they've always tried it. Now we have, and and I have to say a politician because, well, he's president of the United States. You have a politician that is not worried about the general public. That's not worried about anyone that actually is going to benefit from having a job or having a high quality of living or anything like that, you're going to have, we have someone that is commander chief of our country that is looking out for corporations and their balance sheet, looking out for the stock market to go up because revenue going up because those that have money have bought the stock. And then their profits go up because they own stock. And then you give to your friends, you give to the wealthy instead of the poor. I mean, that's technically what this is. The wealthy own the majority of the stocks out there. The wealthy own the majority of property out there. The wealthy are the ones that buy the cars and the boats and the yachts and all that fun stuff. They're the ones that are doing that. And if you sit there and you cater all of your tax practices, all of your investment strategies, all of your political backing to benefit those people, yeah, they're going to do really well. But that's a small portion of the amount of people that are in the world. And it's not necessarily just the United States that this is going to affect. I mean, we have the dollar is used everywhere. I mean, it's the reserve currency. That's what that means, is everyone uses the dollar in one faster than another. And those countries that don't use the dollar, we tend to attack. I mean, Iraq and Libya are two big examples of that. Venezuela and Iran may be two upcoming examples of that. I mean, that is, that is how we control everything. And when you think of people on top that own everything, that means everything. We have a battle between people that have so much money that they don't need anymore that are planning on taking over more globally. I mean, this is not just something that's happening in the United States. The problem is in the United States, we are in a race to who can purchase it quicker. Are we going to allow corporations to be able to buy all these small businesses that are going to go belly up when the cost of everything goes through the roof? And in the, in, in the short term, the people don't have money to buy anything. Larger corporations are going to buy those businesses. That's how it works. And then those corporations then become stronger because they have more assets and they can absorb a loss and they have all you know the reserves in the bank. They have all the stuff that they can do. I mean that's that's the game. So you use a recession to actually contribute that. I mean look at 2008 when all the individual banks went under. I mean that was the whole point is you're getting rid of your competition. And now we have that that's going to be happening on a global scale. And we have other countries trying to break away when they see this happening because we have China told their investors do not buy any more property or any more assets in the United States. You need to invest more in the one belt one road. So the United States then changes the tax policy so corporations can bring the money into the United States so they can have that money in the United States ready to purchase everything that they need to. Because we are moving away from this democracy, this America that we all love and and grew up with. We are moving away from that. When you have big example, I can give you right now, you take this guns issue, you have, the typical way that the United States would work is you would have Congress and Senate put together a bill and say, hey, we don't like guns. We're going to take your guns away. You know, that's we're going to have a sign. And everyone's like, oh, no, let's not do this. Well, instead, what, would, what do we have? We have major corporations that are saying, no, we're making the rules. We are setting the bar here. We are saying you have to be this age. You can't buy this type of gun, da, 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 da. The whole point of that is to show you that we are no longer governed by Necessarily the government. We are more governed by corporations, and this is going to become more prevalent when they buy more and more things because the money is going to be funneled to the top for that specific reason. That is what is going on. So, yeah, those wealth managers that are telling you how to make money during this, well, <laughs> yeah, if that is your goal, then you're going to make some good money doing it. But that's the greed aspect of things. That is why we are in the situation as people that we are in. This world has brought us to this point, and we have brought this world to this point. Greed. The fact that, the fact in Buenos Aires that there is a massive problem with homeless children that are you run around stealing just so they can survive to the point that the, the government there, one of their solutions is to round these children up and start killing them, putting them into camps because they don't know what to do with them. Even though these children have done nothing wrong, but were born in the wrong place and and don't have parents or any instruction. That is our solution as a people is to just kill them. So if, if, if you don't recognize what's going on, then, yeah, play this game. Continue playing it. Or you can see that our leaders are completely disconnected from reality. They don't care about you. They don't. Their whole point is, is to get every asset they can and to use this imaginary currency that we have to get as much of the assets before it falls apart. I mean, we are going to see inflation, and that is what these tariffs are going to be putting in place. It's going to make everything more expensive on you. It doesn't affect Donald Trump in any way. And yes, trade wars are easy to win when you are just on top, trying to make money from both sides. Your your plan is to make money, not necessarily benefit our country, not necessarily take care of what needs to be done to actually help us progress as a nation. That is where we are headed. And that is exactly what is being presented to us at this moment. Now, This is not just in the United States either, because Europe, as retaliation to any tariffs that we do, plans on putting tariffs on our goods as well. So that tax is going to be brought to those people too. This is, this is the game. It's not just the United States doing this. Everyone is out for an asset grab at this point. And everyone is going to be affected because it's going to be sold to the top bidder. I mean, we've talked about before how one of Trump's original solutions to Jerusalem was to basically auction it off. And whoever can buy it, you can have it. I mean, that's, that's one of the solutions that he talked about. Well, that's fair to those that have money, and that's not fair to those that don't, because they don't have the opportunity to get in. And what we know from our society is we don't care about the poor we don't care about helping those. The fact that we're talking about cutting back on social social security, talking about cutting back on Medicare Medicaid, talking about cutting back on food stamps. We don't care about our poor. It's all about those that have money. As, you know, Mitt Romney when he ran for president said, you know, those 99% are worthless eaters. The mindset and when you understand the time that we are in and you understand the leaders that we have in place and the doctrine and the, the movement that they are making, then you understand that this has all been talked about in Scripture. This has all been put in place to show you the control mechanism that's being put in place right before your eyes. And there's no way to avoid it. There's no way to get past this. It is happening regardless if you want it to or not it is happening to all of us so i'm going to hand it back over to you, matthew but the last thing i'd say is is as things this whole gun thing is just crazy seriously like the, the fact that we as americans are completely up in arms about the the guns being taken away is is, is insane Uh, You know, I can understand the side of it to where if you're, you know, uh, an alligator hunter, you know, for for instance, like the swamp people, you know, show, if you're out there hunting alligators, yeah, you need a gun to do that. You have to be able to do it. If you live in downtown Miami, maybe not, you know, but, but the whole point is, is, is you need to recognize how you are being seen by those that do not have the same perspective as you. And what I mean by that is when we have ar 15s being brought to a Pennsylvania church and interpreting revelations to sit there and say that this is the the rod of iron that you're supposed to rule with. So that way you can then bring people into your church to protect them from this evil that is happening. Look at what you're doing. You're inviting people something very, very evil into your church. You're inviting not only a reason for someone to do what happened in Waco, Texas, but you are also scaring those around you. And you have to realize that if you're going to be a light to show the truth to the world, then you need to be a light to the world. You have to show that to them. Just in an article talking about what's going on with this, it just this little portion said concern over Wednesday's gathering prompted a nearby elementary school to cancel classes for the day. It also sparked a small denomination outside the church with one protester saying to the associate press that it's scaring people in the community. That is what you bring in your guns to church is doing. How are you being a light for your God when you're scaring everyone? So Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, man.
1: Well, that's 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 quite a that's quite a place to hand that baton back over to me. You got a little sweaty there, Clinton. Amen. No, by the Lord, my God, I say amen, hallelujah to that, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that. Clinton's in the process of learning right now. It's not too pleasant. You know, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, do you? Clinton's walking a path that is uh, very fresh for him right now, him and his wife. Are you praying for Clinton? Or is that above your pay grade? Do you uh, pray for Brian? Or is he the least of your worries? Well, I know all about the rod of iron. And you're going to get a kick out of them. Has anybody had their eyes on, let's just pick a random city. How about Ludz, Poland? You know who came from there? I was talking about some famous Kabbalists earlier. So nobody knows about the Baha'u'llah. al His famous last words? He died in 1954 in Jerusalem, but he was, of course, born in Lodz, Poland. It's been in the news. Let me read this uh, news piece that uh, just came out in Jewish News. On February 6th, the Polish president signed a law that makes it illegal For people to discuss or accuse Poland of Holocaust atrocities committed by the Nazis. And from referring to concentration camps
0: as Polish death camps. The United
1: States and Israel harshly criticized the law passed by the far-right government. Which threatens even Holocaust survivors with imprisonment. Or speaking or writing about Polish complicity with the Nazis during World War II. But you have to keep reading before... You figure out who it was that took part in this article. Here, I'll read it for you. The ruling has also drawn ire from second-generation survivors, including Charles Selo, president of Children of the Holocaust Survivors Association in Michigan. Oh yes. I know what that is in Hebrew, you see. Ladies and gentlemen, in Hebrew, that's the very same word for Children. That Delich used, of course In his ratified translation of the New Testament Ah, yes I know all about them I'm sitting here looking at the word Because I'm reading this article in Hebrew I don't need to read it in English But I know all about the Haladim. Those children I know all about Do you? Has your eschatology expert taught you all about that? They taught you all about that particular word used there in 1 John, chapter 2. You didn't? Well, anyway. The whole reason why this is mentioned... Well, let me keep reading. Salo's parents were from Lodz, Poland. His mother was forced to live in the ghetto and deported with her family members in 1944 to Auschwitz, where... During the infamous election, his mother, 24, was sent to forced hard labor, and his grandmother, 55, was sent to the gas chamber. See, I know who wrote this article. Let me tell you about the uh, famous last words of this particular famous rabbi the baal hal shalom that 1954 his last dying phrase was five words just five words but it was an encoded message you see it really was because he quoted the last five words of psalm 119 verse 16 But what the Kabbalist knew that he really said was, you see, they use acrostics. They don't use these equal letter distance sequencing garbage. No, they use acrostics. And acrostics for that, ladies and gentlemen, here I'll just – I've got it open, so let me click that tab open get that email. Going back to this email, (laughs) and I quote – now this is an email to me uh since his passing uh these words were shrouded in mystery, yet we have to look no further than the acronym of the five last words there in psalm ninety one sixteen whose Gamatria mili spelled out in alpha value <laughs> let me let me transliterate that for you. What the Kabbalist is trying to tell me is that You take the acrostics and you spell out those letters. They're all Hebrew words. The alphanumerical equation for that, ladies and gentlemen, is 666. Now, if you don't have a clue as to how that directly relates to the year 5778, I guess you need to send some personal messages to your eschatology experts, I guess. But you can take this to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. Every single thing that Clinton had to say reminded me of the book of Asaph. Do any of you know what that is? Let me read to you what's going to happen. Now, this is coming from the only prophet that ever prophesied by order. Of the king. So you might want to set up and listen. Because this is how he said it was all going to start. A psalm of Asaph, truly God's good to Israel. Now remember, I've taught you all, ladies and gentlemen, Israel here is not what you think it is, because it has a prefix Yod. This means whom God has straightened. Okay? I know that all of you, whenever you look it up in your Strongs, and you go down there and look at the root words, well, the root words is 8280 and uh, 410. No, it's not. It's got a prefix shot, They're lying to you. But anyway, even to such as are of the clan of the harts. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt. And they speak wickedly concerning oppression. Remember what Clinton was saying? You know all those Facebook quotes by Christians talking about poor people and how, well, basically you should just go down into the poor neighborhoods and machine gun them all, right? Right? Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted the Bible God's holy word let me continue
0: they speak loftily they set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh
1: through the earth therefore his people return hither and watchers of the full cup are out to them oh they say how does God know and where is knowledge in the most high behold these are the
0: ungodly
1: who prosper in the world, and they increase in riches. You know, I'm quite certain that Clinton had no idea he was just singing the song of Asaph. Well, this week for break break, um, my daughter is actually going to uh, riddle unto you, ladies and gentlemen, she's going to riddle unto you of the Heladim, as it is in four times, Genesis chapter 33, and twice in Exodus chapter 1, just so you can get a clue, and Yes, I made reference earlier to uh, it being in First John chapter 2 and verse 13. Now, if you need a hint, that means you ain't got a clue. So, please do enjoy the break. And... uh Well, maybe you ought to just listen. We'll be back in nine minutes and 56 seconds. My name is Matthew Miller. Everything I said you can take to the bank. And as far as the End Time Tribune, we serve the Lord God of hosts. Riddle me. Whom do you
0: serve?
5: Genesis 33. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. And he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over. Before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times Until he came near to his brother But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him And fell on his neck and kissed him And they wept And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said Who are these with you? So he said The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maid servants came near They and their children and bowed down Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. Then Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, These are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, No, please. I have found favor in your sight. Then receive your present from my hand, inasmuch as I have seen your face, as though I have seen the face of God. And you were pleased with me. Please take my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. So he urged him, and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us take our journey, let us go, and I will go before you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and the flocks and the herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flocks will die. Please, let my Lord go on before his servants. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord in Seir. And Esau said, Now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir, and Jacob journeyed to Sekhah, built himself a house, and made booths for his livestock. Therefore the name of this place is called Sekhah. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. And he came from Padan Aram, and he pitched his tent for the city. And he bought the parcel of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there, and he called it El Ohel Israel. Exodus 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who are descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. For Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew exceedingly and mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than me. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happens, in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore, And they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramsey, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and brick, and in all the manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. When the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other Puha. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But save the man's children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing, and saved the man's children alive? And the midwives said to the pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was, because the midwives feared God, that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. It's time to get Brian saddled. Brian, the floor is yours.
4: All right. Uh, Just to give you guys a heads up, uh, jump in and let me know if I'm having connection issues. Uh, My wireless is playing... um, few games here right now so I'm not certain if I'll get stuttering or what but nonetheless if you have to let me know if it's chopping up uh, that would be helpful. Now here's the question is I think I'm kind of synonymous with that statement of where do we begin and you know I think it's high time that we've how do we put this? Breach this topic in the past. But, you know, this this infamous uh, conception, or how should I say it? Because I said it that way on purpose, or misconception, that America was founded as a Christian nation. And, folks, anybody that's um, knowledgeable in this department knows this is one very complex uh, debate and to, you know, maybe uh, steer some people in a direction where they can get more information if they're actually curious. Um, There's an author by the name of John Fee that I had uh, made a mental note of some of his books that were written a while back on this topic. And then uh, seemingly from out of nowhere, he followed me on Twitter and I followed him back and had been very pleased with a lot of the pieces that I've seen him write up and post and some of the discourse that he's had on Twitter as far as certain topics that have been taking place here in the United States since this last administration. But he has books concerning a book, one book in particular concerning this topic about if America was founded as a Christian nation. And folks, you need to kind of Make yourself aware of this, for those of you that blindly follow that whole concept that America was founded under that pretext, because that is so completely and absolutely inaccurate, it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is a concept and a mindset that the infamous, uh, you know, what do we call them here? I tend to call them crusaders. They go by the uh, dominionist theology, but let's just cut To the chase they are Nicolaitans And they are the ones That have pushed this all into the far Well I guess the uh, Far right or some would say Far right and center Nonetheless They're the ones that really brought this To the forefront and a vast majority Of that evangelical Advisory board that surrounds Trump um, You know If you even kind of slash Through that draw a line through that name irregardless of that fact, the vast majority of them that are surrounding him are of this dominionist camp, this dominionist mindset. You know, I've made mention of this, uh, this terminology at theocracy multiple times, especially after the um, election cycle ran its course and the new administration started to come in to power. And that's exactly what we have been seeing in action. Now, you know, a lot of people might be like, well, you know, we don't know if that's really the case or not. Look, I caught a statement that was made today after the leader of China, uh, I believe it's Xi Ping off the top of my head, essentially canceled out all elections and said, well, I'm going to be a lifetime ruler from now on out, and this is how we're going to run the show. Everybody's probably going, well, why does that matter? Because of what Trump said five minutes later. In a uh, conference that he was having with whomever, he makes the comment, well, maybe we should start doing that here. Oh, boy, if you don't have alarms going off now, I don't know what to tell you. Because as we watch this course, this nation keeps marching forward with which has been going on for so very long, but now it's completely to the point that you just can't look the other way and ignore it. Yes, we've been on this collision course since, oh, well, hmm, at least the Civil War, but that's kind of irrelevant. Nonetheless, where things are headed now, it just keeps pushing in all the directions that I have warned since last year. Yes, folks. you can even go out there and find one of our videos that got almost no views. Go back and push. Play on that one. It was the last video we did. Go push play on it on the bands of time and listen to what we stated was going to happen over the course of the next few years because you're going to start getting chilled to the bone as you look at all the events that have played out and everything that is getting set to be put into motion as we speak things with russia and china have literally intensified like nobody's business even more so in this last week and after last week you'd almost think that th- that can't be how is this possible gave a speech great big speech for concerning the election all kinds of different odds and ends and he came forward and said look we have new missiles That are capable of breaching any sort of anti missile defense systems, not to even mention they don't need fuel, they run on nuclear power. We've upped the ante with our nuclear missiles, and everybody freaked out. United States flipped out, the European Union flipped out, or let me just, um, you know, give it the proper titling NATO flipped out. He stated on top of it that any of our allies that are struck with a nuclear missile, we are going to react in kind. Once again, all the NATO members got on the phone with each other immediately. Angela Merkel, Marcon, Trump had a little conference, and you'd be scratching your head if you realized that Merkel and uh, Trump have not been getting along so well together, but when all of a sudden you have a direct threat come out like that, of course they're going to freak out. But who made the threat first? Everybody, you need to understand that they are making a reaction to what the United States has been threatening on a continual basis here now for some time, but when they rewrote the... Nuclear policy agenda. When they rewrote the upcoming security doctrine, okay, they rewrote the nuclear policy to state that we can basically strike people with small nuclear weapons whenever we want, whenever we see fit. Just because if they if they do a cyber attack against us, we can hit them with a nuclear weapon. Um, you know, I can just imagine the pretext. Um, they dropped the baseball in the ocean. Now we can hit them with a nuclear bomb. This is how ridiculous this whole entire new policy that was written up was. These nations also got upset because they think that Russia has been breaking the treaties. But never mind the fact that America broke those very same treaties. By doing what? With the new budget, it's in there in broad daylight that they are updating the nuclear arsenal, plus they're adding more into it. And of course, they got mad because the people that feel most threatened by this nuclear agenda have done the same in kind. Folks, this is headed to a place that is just going nowhere good, and it's moving at lightning speed. And if you can't see it, I don't know what to state. We have more happen here with China. Extensive amounts more. There's an agreement going back and forth, a bill about to be signed into effect in Taiwan. Basically, making an alignment with America. China stated that this goes into effect. We're attacking. We're retaking it. more saber-rattling. You know, last week I brought up this uh, cargo they planned to put into effect in the uh, Asian seas over North Korea. But that's even more so the thing here is because the last few weeks they've been warning flat out that you know, you have this discourse going on between South Korea and North Korea where they're basically wanting to stop this divide between the two, and come back together as being one. But the United States will have nothing whatsoever to do with this. They've stated it from the word go. They've stated the last two weeks that once the Olympics are done, it's going to be game on. And they've further backed that up this week. North Korea on top of it now has stated because South Korea and America are planning on holding their drills and North Korea said this is a no-go. It's a game-changer. There will be no talks, no nothing if this takes place. So, where does this head? Again, the same place. And is this why Russia wrote that bill? Is this why Putin came out with that speech this week. Because there's talk that that's what they're going to do. In North Korea is hit with new weapons. But that's not the only target they talked about. See folks, things with Syria. Oh, we've talked about this week after week after week after week. And it keeps getting worse by the minute. For instance, let's like on uh, talk about Turkey again. What in the heck is going on? Okay, they dove into Syria, hitting Afrin because of the Kurds, but now on top of it, you see, they're in this alliance with Russia and Iran to keep Assad in office, yet there is pro-Syrian regime forces that over a week and a half ago they announced that they were going to be backing the Kurds. Well, Turkey has been hitting them on a continual basis, bombing them nonstop. Now, this can't be sitting well with Russia, nor Iran. But never mind the fact that they, you know, Turkey made a pact with Russia, made a pact with Iran. They've been part of the Astana-Kazakhstan Peace Accords, the Sochi Peace Accords, so on and so forth. Never mind they are a NATO member. So now you begin seeing uh, Turkey playing their infamous... Game where they do whatever pleases them, they make alliances with whoever they please and do whatever they want, irregardless of the fact. So whose puppet are they really? Because when you see these actions that are aligning themselves more with the Americans, more with NATO's intended actions in Syria, you really begin to go, hmm, Warnings about hitting Syria if they see any evidence of used chemical weapons by multiple NATO countries. More keep jumping on board this week. There's been more nations that have stated the exact same thing. And, of course, they keep putting out the infamous little, if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it, but there are multiple Little reports keep saying they used chemical weapons. They used use chemical weapons uh, on multiple different occasions. As more nations jump on board saying we are going to strike the Assad regime if we find evidence. Even though all that evidence has pointed to absolutely contradictory facts as to who really used those chemical warfare. Time and time again, Britain and America have gotten caught with their hands in the cookie jar as far as that's concerned. But no, you you shouldn't be blaming American Britain, right? Or have we forgotten about the Iranian-Iraq? Were the diplomats from both countries in a recorded interview were confronted by the Iranian diplomats about the fact that you guys supplied chemical weapons to Iraq that you used on our people Well, I guess we have a little bit of a problem here then, don't we? You think? So this ain't the first time that American Britain have pulled stunts like that, and you somehow don't think they're doing it again? History does repeat itself, folks. Or have we forgotten that lesson, too? But they're using this as a pretext for what they're getting ready to do. How many reports came out in the last couple of weeks alone about American forces hitting civilian targets in Syria? Or how about the fact that American forces hit Russian forces this last week in Syria and then turned around and denied it and said, well, we didn't have any planes in the air at that time? So yeah, they must have been confused. It must have been um it must have been Islamic States Air Force, right? Oh wait a minute, they don't have an Air Force. Well I guess we can't blame them now, can we? This is how ridiculous things have gotten, folks. The UN went out of their way last week, held a great big conference to have a ceasefire agreement go into effect for I believe off the top of my head it was a thirty day time frame. Everybody got Because Russia wouldn't sign it right away, well, Russia was ticked off because they said, we don't want a 72-hour wait, we want it now. So they finally get the ceasefire agreement to go into place. It was put into effect immediately afterwards, hasn't even lasted 15 seconds. So, so much for that, right? That ceasefire didn't work. Another ceasefire had been set in... By the talks between Russia, Iran, Syria, Turkey, so on and so forth. Who knows what Turkey's doing there anymore? We just covered that. Once again, that didn't last. That situation's not even coming close to an end. As a matter of fact, it's getting a thousand times worse. And when you have most of NATO threatening to get involved in the conflict as well, well... Or have we forgotten about what Damascus is supposed to become? A ruinous heap. And we are headed there at lightning speed. So before anybody starts writing their emails about, well, are you guys prophets, so on and so forth, you might want to recall that I am making these statements because of the fact that I know exactly what Bible prophecy says concerning all of these things and what to look for. This is why I am stating things so far ahead of how things are going to play out. That's what's happening there. Now, Iraq has been a little bit on the quiet side. Of course, it really hasn't if you've been paying attention to what they've been pulling on the Kurds. Today, or yesterday, I believe, Stories released about what just happened in Iraq. All the big governmental heads got together, put together a great big budgetary agreement between the Shia, the Sunni, and the Kurds. But wait a minute, the Kurds, it, it, it put it with the Kurds, but it didn't. Swept them off to the side corner like is atypical. This thing with the Kurds is not done, but Iraq is getting ready to explode all over again, and the people have forgotten what happened after America began to pull its forces out, when Obama came into office, as he held to what he stated he was going to do, the entire area exploded with sectarian divisions because of these exact same things. Now, between these budgets getting put into effect, Sunni-Shia divide is becoming more prominent, but never mind the fact of you know, that once America came in and occupied, left a vacuum in Iraq, pulled out, it essentially gave Iran the strongest ground in Iraq that has not stopped. Matter of fact, that's been at the heart of what's been happening with the Kurds. It's been the Shia groups on a continual basis, and people aligned with the PMF, according to reports on the ground coming out from different sides, The popular mobilization force, aligned with Iran, that has been taking the ground from the Kurds. Anybody paying attention to that knows that this has been causing problems all the way across the board, heightening tensions between Israel and Iran American Iran, but that's kind of a given. I mean, this administration has done nothing but threaten them even since before they came into office. So we've kind of seen that, but you know, Neanyahu's already on his way, he might already actually even be here. This was just announced in the last few hours to America to discuss Iran, and he's holding his atypical meetings. Should be interesting More threats have gone in that direction With Iran Kurdistan situation I have a feeling And I've said this before We haven't seen the end of this We haven't even come close to seeing the end of this With After the September call for independence That took place with the Kurdish people Then they were attacked In Erbil Kirkuk All that land, essentially most of their areas that they had either taken during the liberation of those areas from ISIS had been taken back. And they're even trying to force them off their own land. And this is one complex ball of wax too. There's so many details that go into just the politics, the drama inside of the Kurdish government itself that it's literally... It's hard to keep track of it all. But there's a lot of problems in that neck of the woods. And things are about to get even worse in Iraq. And, you know, I cannot help when you see an article state that three major leaders got together to work out this new budget. I can't stop but think of Micah Five. Seven shepherds, eight leaders of men. It just catches my attention so very quickly when you see three leaders coming together of completely conflicting groups. One walks away, ticked off. This is getting ugly. I mean, what else have we had going on here? Um, There's not, again, any end in sight. Let's see, in the Balkans. Here's a story I got sitting right in front of me. Macedonia has four options to rename, resolve, name dispute with Greece. That's not coming to an end either. It's massive. I believe it's in Albania. There's massive protests going on, going all the way back to the Balkan Wars. Kosovo, Serbia, the whole Balkans is... Intensifying massively Just in the last 24 hours alone There was story after story after story I couldn't even look at the sheer amount of them Because there was just so many Go over and look folks Matthew had already brought this up Key US lawmakers want to boost Israel's $38 billion defense aid package you know, I, I, going hand-in-hand hand with an article put out by Loblog, talking about the annexation that's going on behind the scenes in Israel. You see, folks, they're not doing annexation through acts of war. They've got people in the background putting in little tiny laws that nobody's paying attention to that's just grabbing more land and more land and more land. Hope that uh, catches people's attention. Dumping U.S. debt, a possible weapon in a global trade war. Hmm. 17 hours ago. Uh, One second. Okay, sorry about that. I'm really confused on that one because before I could have sworn my cat was outside the door whining to get in. now he was inside trying to get out. I'm confused but Yes, like I brought this up here Turkish warplanes hit pro-Syrian Government forces in Afrin Kills 36 According to the L-Monitor North Korea threatens to counter U.S. military Drills NATO says Russian warnings against Allies unacceptable Putin before Vote unveils invincible nuclear weapons To counter the West German government, heck, was part of a worldwide campaign, says sources. But of course, who do they blame again? Yes, we're back to blaming Russia for everything that happens. Now, I hope this catches everybody's attention, because I warned to watch for this. The Ukraine says weapon decision heralds a new era of cooperation with U.S. They signed into effect... The bill to give the Ukraine the offensive weapons that they were seeking. Stingers, Stinger missiles, all sorts of things that are going to make the Ukraine escalate like you would not believe. But, I mean, come on, everybody. I thought that uh, all the media had everybody convinced that Putin and Trump were the best of buddies. Then explain why it is that multiple saber-rattling things were put into effect to the United States government towards Russia alone this week and why Russia responded in kind with that speech. I mean, come on. Isn't that what the narrative's been? That we had a a puppet leader that was owned by Russia right now? Oh, you people. You bought into the nonsense. Syrian government makes... Turkey steps up after an attack, just like I stated. Moscow sees extended U.S. sanctions over Ukraine as unlawful. See, uh, folks, that's what I was just talking about. More sanctions. Yes, we like to dump sanctions on everybody. That's what they're doing. As NAFTA weighs... Trump tariffs drive new U.S. auto concerns. Yes, folks, these new tariffs have people within the auto industry in America very highly concerned right now because of the fact that they think that this is going to bring about the closing of multiple factories that make these parts for these various cars. So this could lead to trouble on the horizon, at least from their point of view. Between the budget changes, the taxes, the tax overhaul that just happened, but now on top of it, this doing this, they're in worries that this is going to undo everything that they thought was positive. Well, folks, I don't ever see that the budget nor the tax plan was positive for anybody unless you seem to be within the 1%. Oh boy, Italy. And if this doesn't set off everybody's alarms, unless they forgot about, hmm, World War II, I guess they forgot about the theocrats there. Italy heads to polls with center-right ahead, but still, man, likely. This was brought up earlier as well. Polish group sues Argentine paper under new Holocaust law. Yes, folks, Poland has made it illegal for anybody to say that they were involved in the Holocaust. Uh, Talk about ridiculous. But then when you you see, if you know anything about your rat lines and how the Nazi war criminals were able to escape and get filtered into South America, America, and then go there, some of them go back other places, and they still keep showing up non-stop, even in very high-level positions like in NATO governing bodies. Oh, you think I'm joking? Look into it. But this should catch your attention if you knew about the rat lines. Polish group sues Argentina? Yeah, that's a big headline. And this is the article I was talking about earlier. Iraqi parliament approves budget Kurdish lawmakers' boycott vote says out of Reuters look for the article read it it is excruciatingly important and it's just going to lead to one more flashpoint re-exploding in the Middle East I mean isn't it just ironic everybody thought that when Islamic State was taken care of they kept saying oh well everything's going to calm down in these areas Uh uh-uh Iraq's about to explode again Syria's about to explode again. Never mind the fact that, of course, America has moved how many forces in the back door in Afghanistan to come up into Iran. Russia and China are talking about getting involved in Afghanistan. They're concerned about the Indian-American alliance now in Pakistan. China and India have been going at it. Oh, boy. This just keeps one little piece at a time. Every single thing keeps falling together. Let's see here. Locked and loaded. China and U.S. are marching into a trade war. Well, we've talked about that. I don't know. I mean, Matthew brought that up almost six months ago. Watch for trade war. Maybe more than that. It's like I stated, Netanyahu takes off for U.S. Yes, he's been brought up on two separate indictments this week. It's going towards a third. And people wonder why I've not said too many nice things about Netanyahu. This is what annexation looks like. That's like I stated before. This is out of the low blog. Look into this article. Trump on China's Z consolidating power. Maybe we'll give that a shot. This came out of CNN earlier today. what else do we have here North Korea rejects U.S. preconditions for holding talks I touched on that now this I didn't even have to read the article because I know the history relayed to this and that's what they start talking about immediately need a North Marie- Korean missile call the Cairo embassy I bet most of you aren't aware of That North Korea and Egypt were in alliance with one another during the 1973, I believe that was the Yom Kippur War, when North Korean pilots fought and died on the Egyptian side. Yeah, folks, that's what happened. So, I'd advise you to read this article. They've been warning about this for some time now. Al-Sisi has completely made a full-blown power grab in Egypt. Anybody that tries to run against them, they just vanish. They step down through threats, you name it. I mean, it's either that or on top of it, the Muslim Brotherhood comes back to power, and that ain't going to be no good. We had problems between Bahrain now and another Shia group, there, they arrested a uh, bunch of terrorists that they stated were aligned with the Shiites that were about to make a major attack on Bahrain. Why is that important? Hey, folks, we got the Fifth Fleet there. Hello, but isn't it ironic this happened just after last week when Trump held a major press or a major conference call between the United Arab, Arab Emirates, Bahrain. I believe Qatar was involved later at some point. Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah. Here's one that um caught my attention as well. CENTCOM undertaking realignment to meet defense future threats of Iran, China, and Russia. Yeah. Find this article as well. The version I got of it is out of the uh, Pakistan events um, form. And let me see here. No, for Pete's sakes, I would try to get uh, the original source. But that link, of course, is not working. They usually post things that they find they're of massive importance. And that article is very important if you know what CENTCOM is. The significance of the Indo-U.S. alliance for Pakistan, just like I brought up before. See, folks, that's just the last 24 hours. You see, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm checking news like every other day and then waiting for the flood to start happening on Friday and Saturday. And it seemed that's exactly what happened this week. You know, and some stuff was touched on earlier about all the what's happening within the weapons. With the, uh, not the weapons, but more or less the gun laws in the United States. Yeah, I'm sure people are upset about what I had to say last week. And I don't, I don't waver on that. Not even in the slightest, slightest You know, I think it should be touched on this section of, you know, Clinton pointed out how basically all the corporate heads are essentially running everything. Now, Yes, it's becoming to the point where pretty much it's in your face now. Everybody pretty much has realized this is what's going on. But this has been in a slow build from the time of the Civil War moving forward. It became more prominent. After the Rockefellers did what he did with all of his, you know, basically taking everything over with the oil, then moved on to the banking systems, into Wall Street. If you look into the Dulles brothers and their connections all the way into the big legal firms that backed up Wall Street and the Rockefellers and all that, then start looking at what they did to make the... Bolshevik revolution happened in Russia. Oh, yes, the bankers were behind that in the United States. They caused that to take place. Oh, you didn't know that? Look into it. But then what they did in World War II as well with Germany because they were also funding the German war machine. Yeah, they kind of made both sides, pitted them against each other. You don't see where this is going. Britain had their hands dirty in all this as well, too. Matter of fact, they were doing it well before everybody else. The East Indy Company, everybody forgot about that. See, this is what has happened with this, um, you know, they try to call this democracy or whatever name they give to it, capitalism. I don't care what name you put on it. It's disgusting and disturbing. And now this pattern has gotten to the point where it's absolutely in your face. And most of these, you know... Your propaganda networks, because that's really what they are. I keep running around going, the deep state's out to get Trump. The deep state's out to get him. you people. Do you not comprehend what the deep state even really is? Okay, it's all those corporate heads, it's the military lobbyists. It's like, even let's throw the A in there for the heck of it, because they are part of the military lobbying areas. The Silicon Valley bankers, Wall Street. You don't realize that that's the reality of what these things are. People that have worked in the government, for Pete's sakes, will tell you, yes, we're not dumb. We know this exists. Um, it's just, it's this simple. It's really all the corporate heads that really control everything. Yeah, it's not your um, infamous Illuminati. You know, the Bavarian Illuminati does everything. No, they lasted about 15 minutes. And the Mason said, you guys are psychotic. We're doing away with you. But I thought the Freemasons ran everything. No, they're really a dinner club that gets together. There's Everybody knows this, folks. It's basically a gathering of, be it businessmen or what. Yes, and then if that's what the case is, then maybe they do have something to do with everything. But then again, why was it that Nazi Germany targeted them to take them out immediately if they were such a threat? I thought the fascists were a little bit more of a threat than the ones they targeted, and, you know, me just bringing that up alone, look into that piece of history, you know, actually look into the um, all the different things that they took, that Nazi Germany took at that point in time from those Masonic groups, and then a bunch of the stuff has been found in Russia, it's actually a very fascinating piece of history, but it will also open your eyes as to what the role of the Freemasons really has been as opposed to what everybody keeps telling you, that it has something to do with the never was ordained or the new world order. Sorry, I had to throw those things in there because these things need to be cleared up. There's so much nonsense that has filtered its way into what people have convinced themselves is end-time eschatology. And that's just one of about a billion topics that keep coming up. Okay, you don't need to worry about the Illuminati. You don't need to waste your time going from site to site to site that talks about the Illuminati entertainment agenda. Yes, it's the entertainment agenda. The entertainment agenda. Hmm. Yes, I think it's time I stop. I'm a little wound up this week, but I think I've been wound up for quite a few weeks. I just learned to tone it down a bit. Handing it back over to you guys.
1: Well, I agree with every word you had to say. Boy, the baton is awful sweaty today as we pass it back and forth. Well, Clinton, what was your uh thoughts on what Brian and I had to cover?
3: You know, I mean, it's just a testament to everywhere you look, it's things are being revealed and and we didn't even touch on you know the topics of you know that now the UN and the United States is trying to say that North Korea is supplying chemical weapons to Syria and trying to link the two of them together so that way they have justification to go against both of them and we also didn't talk about the fact that Saudi Arabia now wants to go nuclear and they're basically going to the highest bidder. And so the Trump administration is talking about building nuclear plants in Saudi Arabia. I mean, when you, when you think of the insanity that is going on in the world, I mean, that's basically everything that's going on. As you watch the TV... You know, then it's just, you know, this little tidbit or let's talk about this for three weeks or let's just be completely distracted. But when you see what is truly going on across the globe and the persecution that people are going through and the problems that are being developed and how it's all coming to a head, then you understand the full picture. And unfortunately, for the majority of people out there, they the full picture is coming to fruition sooner than you think,
1: yeah, uh, I got a kick out of that when it was released that uh well, um not the u s a building nuclear plants, no, no, no u s corporations. America was not going to get a dime out of it. The corporations were going to, but not the Americans were going to because no one understands this, ladies and gentlemen. they'll subcontract all that stuff out to the Saudis, so only the people that Brian was just talking about those are the only ones that will get any of that money because they'll pay the Saudi laborers like you know two cents a day. I mean, wake up, duh. But that's what tripped me out about that that thing. That article was released. They come right out and said the the corporations that were wanting to build those nuke plants uh, in Saudi Arabia, which is well, you talk about biting biting the hand that feeds you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you think the Mossad's going to take lightly to that, let's let's see if anybody knows their history. Now. What happened in Iraq whenever they built a uh, a nuclear reactor? Well, of course, the French was building it. What did Israel do? Nobody remembers? Well, they took that puppy out with F-16s.
4: Actually, let me interject here. That's a little bit more than a nuclear power plant. Okay, because I watched with my own eyes. The United States was in tandem with them, by the way, and nobody talks about that. Those were nuclear missiles. So they did have their hands on nuclear weapons at that point in history when they hit them.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, think about this. Uh, What do you think Israel's going to do if the Saudis start building a nuclear plant? It has no hope of coming to completion. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what shipment of fighters did Israel just get? That's right, American fighters. Yeah, they'll take that puppy out. Ask anybody, they'll tell you. Yeah, they can get it. You know, French contractors, this time it's American contractors, so it don't matter. You a sitting duck, because Israel's coming.
4: Okay? That, that's coming knowledge. <laughs> On the whole planet. Well, <laughs> I think at this point that's going to be a difficult scenario for certain to know what's going to happen because there's been weird stuff going on be- between this new crown prince on um, Ben Salman and Netanyahu and Trump, as a matter of fact, behind the scenes. I I don't know that we know the full ramifications on what's happening with this newly built relationship, but in the long run. This ain't going nowhere good, no matter how you look at it, and how can I say that? Right now, things might be pleasant, but have we forgot about Psalms 83? (laughs) Look, look, man, look.
1: This is the treacherous being treacherous, ladies and gentlemen. Last time, it was okay. It was the French building a nuke plant for the Iraqis. But if you think that that's not what Netanyahu's going to come to the United States and talk about, you know, he's he's coming here very shortly, you're daft. Because he don't get... (laughs) Not that Netanyahu has anything to do with it. The Mossad, the IDF, will never allow that new plant to be completed. And if Israel's ally, the United States is going to build their enemy, Saudi Arabia, a nuke plant. That is the treacherous being treacherous. Look, I'm telling you, beyond any shadow of a doubt, here, let me do this. Israel jets, I can't remember which jet it was, jets, U.S. What was it? Um, I'm not seeing it, um... I just... Let's see. Uh yeah, they just took delivery of F thirty fives. That's what's gonna be used to take out those
4: whatever's being built inside yeah, and your if region, I new the fire memory plant. Those F thirty fives are the stealth if I remember correctly.
1: <laughs> well, whatever they, are, they got upgraded. If you don't know that, you're clueless. Everything <laughs> yeah. Israel gets they upgraded. Everything. Yeah. Uh I talked earlier about the Dolphin-class submarines. They get them, put upgraded electronics on them, uh, upgraded sonar, uh, the ability to launch super-cavitating torpedoes. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
4: so it's just like that F-16 that got shot down. They completely upgraded that with electronic warfare equipment that yeah. was so far advanced that they were shocked it was even shot down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... This is a case of the treacherous
1: being treacherous. Now look, that's talked about in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Trump with one breath declares that he's going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. And then in the next breath, he says the United States is going to build Saudi Arabia. It kind of sounds like King Saul, don't it? Well, Clinton, uh, <laughs> your closing comments, websites, contact information, please.
3: You know, everyone, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to, to talk with you and uh, to try to bring you as much of the truth of what's going on in the world as we can. So thank you for your support. Um, if you want to look more into me, you can go to my website, clintoncowatch.com or you can follow me on Twitter, um, you know, it's at Clinton Co-Watch, and, uh, you know, we post all the the articles that we talk about on the show, I'll post it on my Twitter, and uh, I also tweet during the show, so you can live-tweet me as well. Thank you very much, and uh, may God guide you on your journey.
1: Brian, closing comments, websites, and contact information, please. Oh, that was
4: the sort of point here, and it got even more How do we solidify it here at the end Folks we don't make blind statements From out of nowhere Okay we state this stuff Because we know what prophecy says Concerning these things You've got watchmen over here In this corner that are pointing you In all the wrong directions You have watchmen in one corner Pointing you in all the wrong directions You have a few of them out there That are actually pointing in the correct direction Folks keep your eye on the ball it's just like we've stated over and over and over again. It keeps progressing even more so every single week. Things are about to explode. Get your houses in order. Keep your eyes on the proper thing. I, I've stated where you can find me time and time again. If you want to know about the news cycle, just follow my Twitter at Overt attention on Twitter. That's all I'm going to give this week. Thanks for joining us. God bless.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do any research on that, um, check out Operation Babylon. Of course, the Americans renamed it so people couldn't see what was going on. They renamed it Operation Opera. But uh, what the Israelis had to do was modify the F-16s because they could barely take off. They were so heavily laden. You know, the first thing they did was modify the f 16 so they could make the bomb run and return to Israel safely. Which they did. Um, so anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to hand out my websites or my contact information. I don't. I feel no need to blather on about yada yada Matthew this Matthew that. I really don't care about that crap anyway. Um, Going to do a tiny chat tomorrow on uh, First John chapter two. Me and my wife is going to do that um, if you're interested. If you're not, keep yourself entertained until next week. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless.
0: Godspeed.